0: Welcome to The Bookmonger. I'm John J. Miller of National Review. Thanks for listening. This show is a production of National Review and a recording from the studio of WRFH, the campus radio station of Hillsdale College. Our guest is Mary Elizabeth Poddles, author of A Thousand Words Reflections on Art and Christianity. Mady, welcome to The Bookmonger. Thank you, John. This book features more than five dozen of your thousand-word essays from Touchstone Magazine on individual works of Christian visual art and is beautifully illustrated. What's the connection between Christianity and art, and what makes you want to write about it?
1: Well, I guess you have to ask, why is art important? Art is important. If it's any good, it makes you think. I know that thinking is unfashionable these days but that is what art is for. And Christian art, um, it's hard to think about something if you don't speak the language that it's written in. And to a greater or lesser extent, we've forgotten how to read the language of Christian art. So that's what this book is about.
0: Then we have a bunch of individual essays on great works of art. One of my favorites in the whole art world, but of course in the book, is an Annunciation painting by Henry Oswa Tanner. It's from 1896. It's a personal favorite of mine. He's an American. This painting hangs in the Philadelphia Museum of Art. But maybe what's an Annunciation, and what makes this painting so good?
1: The Annunciation is the moment when the angel Gabriel comes to the Virgin Mary and announces to her that she will be the mother of the Messiah. And what's special about this one, is really very compelling, is every artist chooses a different moment of the Annunciation. Sometimes it's when the angel just appears. Sometimes it's the moment that Christ is conceived. This one seems to be just before, because Mary is looking at the angel rather skeptically. She looks troubled. The angel, in the original sketch, looks like our normal conception of an angel, you know, in a white nightie with wings. But here he's turned into a sort of bar of electric light that floods into the room. And you can deduce from looking at it, there's a shelf up high where the angel, the light from the angel falls. It forms a cross. So we can assume that Mary is asking questions. How can this be? And not only that, but what will this be? And so the angel is foretelling what will happen to the Messiah. So it's no wonder she looks troubled. It's a wonderful painting.
0: Another work in your book, A Thousand Words, is by the Dutch painter Vermeer. It's called Woman Holding a Balance. It's from 1664. It hangs in the National Gallery of Art in Washington, D.C. This one is not as obviously Christian when you first glance at it. Why did you include it in your book?
1: Well, everyone loves Vermeer. Everybody loves the serenity and the silvery light and just their beautiful pictures. But this one, it's very subtly Christian. In the background is a painting that Vermeer owned. It's a painting of The Last Judgment. So that's raised all kinds of speculation is this Ivanitas? Is she weighing the follies and vanity of the world against the last judgment? But in fact, she's not weighing anything. When the painting was recently cleaned, they found that there was nothing in the scale pan. she's not weighing anything. She is establishing the balance. she's setting a moment of stillness. She 's probably practicing the Ignatian exercises. St. Ignatius urged that each person who does the exercises begins each period of prayer by establishing a moment of quiet, by examining himself or his conscience, and to weigh the things they have on their conscience as if this were their last day, so therefore the picture in the background. So Vermeer was a Catholic. He doesn't ever specifically spell it well, with one exception spell out what his paintings are about. It's there for us to think about.
2: This is a message from our friends at American Habits from the State Policy Network. We the people, do you ever think about what that means and what happened to it? We the people certainly did not mean an imperial city full of unelected bureaucrats deciding everything from kindergarten curricula to nursing home funding formulas. We the people mean self-government, a free people deciding most things in their families and communities and delegating some authority to their towns and states while passing along just a small amount of that power to the national government. How did things get so upside down at American Habits? We tell stories of real people with real solutions, all working to restore federalism and self-government. If you're a public official, come get involved. If you're a citizen, come and see the new standard for American leadership. No matter who you are, come help us renew the forgotten but not lost habit of American self-government Visit. AmericanHabits.org to learn more. That's AmericanHabits.org. You have two
0: icons in the book by the artist Rublev. We're approaching Christmas as we record this podcast. One of these icons is a nativity. What makes this one a great work of art?
1: Well, it helps if you're acquainted with the Eastern Orthodox liturgy for the Feast of the Nativity because there's a lot going on in this icon. Uh, Jesus is in the stable, which is in a cave, in a sort of tomb-like manger. He's off to the side. The center of the picture is Mary, and Mary has the traditional gesture of melancholy, resting her head on her hand, and looking at a tree, which may be the tree of Jesse, because she is the only one who realizes her son's royal heritage. And all around her are images of doubt. There's St. Joseph with the tempter. He's having rational doubts about how this virgin birth could have taken place. There's also the story of the midwives, one of whom doubted Mary's virginity and burned her hand while touching the Madonna. There's also signs of hope. The woman's hand was healed when she bathed it in the baby's bath. The Magi are up in the corner, they're approaching, and there are two depictions of three angels, which we understand to being the Trinity, because here at the Incarnation, the Trinity is breaking through into the worldly space. Now, all of these are referred to in the liturgy of the Feast of the Nativity, so if you trace them down, it explains why there's so much going on in this icon.
0: You also have a work of architecture in the book, the Portico de la Gloria in Spain from the 13th century. This is a real destination piece, isn't it?
1: It is. There were three major pilgrim sites in the Middle Ages. The very rich went on board ships and went to the Holy Land and walked in the footsteps of Christ. The moderately well off went to Rome, and the rest of Europe packed up its knapsacks and walked to Santiago. So this was the arrival door that you came to after you finished the pilgrimage. And here, usually the the last judgment was in the tympanum of the portal along the way. And it is here, too, but it's a different kind of judgment. And here is St. James, seated, waiting to greet you like a good host. And when you arrive here, my husband did the Camino, and I came to meet him at the end, you meet St. James as if he were your host greeting you, and it's as if he'd been with you all along. But the most interesting thing is the 24 elders of the apocalypse, because it looks as if they are playing musical instruments. But if you look closely, you will see that they're not playing them. They're listening to each other. They are tuning. They are about to play the music of the kingdom of heaven, and then you open the doors, and there's the cathedral, which was full of music, 24 hours.
0: Let's discuss one more piece from your book. It's the last entry. It's an unexpected entry, an unusual one. So I wonder, is it, is it even Christian? It's a, it's a sugi bowl. What is that, and why did you include it?
1: I went outside the boundaries, because I wanted to show you how, once you had learned to look at art as either a moral lesson or a reflection of the supernatural world, you could look at a work of Zen art and draw conclusions that are not inconsistent with Christianity. For example, this bowl was broken and repaired. Now, it's not like if we sent it to conservation today, we would try to make the the join as invisible as possible. We try to restore it to its original state. But here they have actually filed down the pieces and filled the gaps with resin, and the last layer is dusted with gold dust so that you can see the history of this piece. It has been broken. Someone has looked at it with compassion and repaired it and made it more unique because no two bowls break the same way, and more precious, because it's held together with gold, than it was before. So, as Christians, it's not that far from looking at this little bowl as a a parallel between the Kintsugi and the Christian story, which is of redemption and grace. Mankind is fallen. Mankind is broken. We're all broken, but through grace and the redemptive sacrifice, we're restored, and we've become more valuable than we were before, and the gold of grace shines through us.
0: Let's wrap up with one more question, which is, how did you pick these pieces? And I should say, this is a beautiful book, and our, our words just aren't doing it justice. you got to see this book to appreciate the wonderful art within it. But you've used your words, well, your thousand words for each one of these essays. There's more than 60 of them in this book celebrating these great works of art. How did you choose what works of art to include?
1: Well, when I started out, I didn't know it was going to be a book. It was just an assignment every two months. And so I usually picked something that I was either researching or that I liked. And as an absolute last fallback. I had a stash of papers from graduate school that I could draw on. And as it went along, the column became very popular. So the editor said, how about we turn this into a book? Then I had to fill in a lot of gaps. I tended to come down heavily on the Renaissance and the Dutch. So I worked on filling in the gaps. And then came the pandemic And I organized my stock drawer, and I learned to bake bread. And then I decided it was time to sit down and make this book as a project. So I did.
0: The author is Mary Elizabeth Pottles. The book is A Thousand Words, Reflections on Art and Christianity. Mady, thanks so much for joining us.
1: You're very welcome. Thank you.
0: Thanks to all of you for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please take a minute to leave a review. Your reviews help new listeners discover us, and that helps us keep this show going. We'll be back next week with new episode of The Bookmonger.